before we start the pod, got to do a little ad read for you guys. Totally forgot to do it when we recorded earlier. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Hopa. Hopa Hockey, pure custom sticks. Customize all aspects of your stick from blade grip and stiffness to choosing your exact length with desired flex, kick point, and a variety of shaft grip styles and more. Produced and shipped under 10 days of order. Free FedEx International shipping on all orders over $129. Also offering two-piece custom sticks and goalie sticks. The goalie sticks are sick. They're all customized just like the player sticks as well. We got a promo code for you guys as well. 10% off at checkout. Use Roller Dad News. Check out Hopa Hockey on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or even on their website. And I just like the way it's going, like the way it's sounding. Like How's it going, boys? Welcome back to the RDN Good Ruler Podcast. We're on episode seven. I got Kevin Dwyer here and Jordan Hamilton. Boys. How's your quarantine going for you? Episode seven, man. That's kind of crazy and cool, but uh, that's pretty awesome, though. That's pretty unreal. George, what have you been doing, dude? Uh, I've just been hanging out. You know, just uh, I unfortunately I don't have work. Well, kind of unfortunate, I guess, but I do have school. So I've still been like kind of doing some school stuff. I got spring break last week, but you know, kind of taking it easy. Yeah, keeping it easy, hanging out with the fam. You know, doing my thing. You've been doing to keep busy. Uh, I've been doing schoolwork and I've been doing like, I'm working on my security plus certification, uh, for, uh, yeah, for that kind of stuff. Online engineering, uh, in online info security, you know, all hacking, not hacking, protecting people. Watch out already in got <laughs> yeah. the security network down. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, trying to keep it all fresh and in my mind. So, you know, that's what's up. What about you guys? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know you were computer savvy and sick like that. That's He's getting into it. Getting into it for sure. I'm okay as too. I'm I'm the loser over here <laughs> on a computer. So good for you, dude. I'm happy. Yeah, appreciate to hear it. I've been uh, I've been taking the dogs out as much as I can. I I just try to get them out once a day and let them run around and good walk for me to get outside. So not completely stir crazy. Good old house chores. Bit of cooking, bit of uh, some some workouts here and there. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> the guys who do it consistently, man, it's just you admire it. You're like, Geez. hey, how's your uh, six pack challenge going here? You reached out to all the boys for. Yeah, I know. Uh, how's it going? Do I look different? <laughs> Beard looks thicker. Beard looks thicker. My habits different at night. I mean, we stayed up till how late playing Jenga Friday night. Yeah, so let's talk about that, dude. Jenga master over here, dude. <laughs> so if you guys tuned into our Instagram live on the Roller Dad account, that was an absolute fiasco with CJ and Kevin. We tried to join, then we realized you only can have two people at a time, and we didn't have the Jenga master there at all. So we just went back to FaceTime. And we played Jenga. We did. And then Kevin fell asleep. If anybody wants to play Jenga that's got, you know, like drink one, drink two, make a rule. Uh, yeah, like, fun it, Jenga. It's fun. Just hit me up. Yeah. It's a good so, way to get through, like, some quarantine time. If you guys want to play Jenga with us, we're going to hold the next game. Uh, this is dropping Tuesday, so Tuesday night. If you hear this and you're listening – Hit, hit me up through the Roller Dad News account on Instagram, and we'll give you – we'll have to do what? Four players you want to do? 
We, we can do that. All right. We'll do four we players. Did, uh, yeah, no, like we, we did. <laughs> we had no, two more people. Two more people. Yeah, I was just going to say, we did it with, like, the Lindenwood fam last night. So, we had, like, Corey right. and Chelsea, Casey and Tina. Casey was a mess. Um, Daniel and Alex. <laughs> Brett Humes. Darnheim and Elliot popped on for a quick minute. Like, it was a lot of fun, dude. It was a lot of fun. So, dude, yeah. That was a we blast. Can that out and we can kind of get, get people on here. Jay Hamps, we got to get you on there a little bit. Yeah, I'm too. trying to play some Jenga on FaceTime, virtual it Jenga. It's fun. We can go over rules when we're playing, but okay, good. cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Boys, it's like well, it sucks. We should already have had two tournaments. Whoa, 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 whoa. What have you been doing for quarantine, Bud? What have I been doing? Yeah, well, what have you been up to? Working CJ in NHL. <laughs> uh, I've been playing Django with Kevin on Facetime. Running, running Twitter. Running the Boulder Twitter office. Sending <laughs> <laughs> the laptops out. Um, and then also playing Monopoly on FaceTime with CJ and getting – I got wrecked. I got bankrupt twice, I think, or maybe once. Whoa. And, uh, dude, I've just been freshening up. Okay, listen to this. I don't know if anyone else does this, but we have so much time on our hands on NHL. I just went in there and I created ECHL, AHL, and the NHL, all roller player teams come at me. With the Ducks, so the Anaheim Ducks. I got the San Diego Goals, and then my ECHL team is the Colorado Eagles. Um, no, no, not Colorado Eagles, Utah Grizzlies. Colorado Eagles, the AHL team. So I had a lot of leftover players, so I put them on the Colorado Eagles. But team is disgusting. Absolutely Who, nasty. Who's your starting line? Um, <laughs> well, I'm just biased. So yeah. I put Rocco. Yay. <laughs> Troy Terry and uh, Pat Maroon. And then um, DeBrinket, Zucker, and who else is on my th- uh, second line? Um, I forgot who's on my second other one. Dude, that, it's just all roller players. Oh, Speezy is on my NHL team. Chris Terry. Those are nasty, like, it's NHL so- players now, man. Yeah, they're disgusting. So it's a lot of fun. And I've just been having a lot of fun playing Chell. So if anyone wants to play – Strong me your gamer tag. We'll play. Oh, yeah. We play Mario Kart Wii, too. Marley and I have been crushing Mario Kart Wii. Who's your character, <laughs> bud? Yeah, I got the, I got the whole the steering wheel action going on. Who's That's your character? Awesome. I don't have an Xbox or a PS4, so <laughs> I play a Mario Kart Wii. Who's your character on Mario Kart? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, I've asked you this for the fourth time. Who is your character on Mario Kart? Oh, I apologize. Um, God damn it. I use Boo King. He's like the ghost guy. Boo King? Is that Mortal Kombat? No, 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 no. He's just ghost, and he's like, yeah, King Boo. Like, King Boo, little guy. Anything, and he sticks yeah. his tongue out. But I use Boo King and uh, Waluigi, the purple guy. Mm. He's good. I like him. I like him. Lanky. He's good on the bike. What's your guys' all-time favorite Mario, like, Mario game in general? Oh, Mario Kart, 100%. Mario Kart? Yeah, ever since I had it that, like, well, way, way back. Played on Nintendo 64 at CJ's house. Brought me back to the 96, you know, back back to the days. Yeah, Mario Kart's the best, always been the best. And I was, ne- I was never into, like, Smash Bros. and any of that stuff, so. You know, CJ got a uh, PlayStation last night. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he got smashed. <laughs> Okay, well, he's going to get smashed. I FaceTimed him. 
because we were playing Jenga earlier. I FaceTimed him to see if he still had his pants on because Big Rob oh. made the rule about him taking his pants off for the rest so, of the day. This is pretty so good. I FaceTimed him. I think he – I don't know if he just had shorts or boxers on. He he didn't have pants on. So, so we got to tell this story. This is a pretty good one. We were playing Jenga yesterday, me, CJ – me, CJ, Kevin, and my dad, <laughs> and we're all making uh, rules. And when you have – no, you're making a rule when you pull out the Jenga piece. And the rule was is whoever lost couldn't wear their pants for the rest of the day. You just had to wear their boxer. CJ lost. CJ had to walk his dog. And, uh, yeah, so we anytime we called him, we'd have to FaceTime him, and he'd have to be in his boxers. boxers. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. You had to make sure he was abiding by quarantine Jenga rules. Kevin, what's your favorite all-time Mario game? My, uh, I love Mario Kart, just like Jordan said. Um, Super uh, – or no, Mario 64, where you got to go in the castle and get Ooh. all the stars. I always just loved watching Frank play that game because he was a lot better at it than me. But fun game even to watch. You're like, holy crap, this is going on. Uh, and then I do like Super Smash Brothers too. Super Smash Brothers is is – Always, always good and entertaining. The game's fun. Um, you know, I think I'm going to go with, like, I think Mario Tennis is probably one of my favorite games. Low-key, the funnest game. There's so much. Play them forever. On Wii. I haven't right? either. Yeah, dude. Mar- on anything. I haven't that one in so long. Ed in Maryland, Frank and Megan went to the mall or the store on a Black Friday with my dad. I was like – I was three or four years old, probably four. And I remember them coming home and my brother got like 007 Mario Kart and another game. But that was like, as a kid, my biggest remembrance of like going out on black Friday and getting something. So like N64, like for us, brother, sister, myself, like that was a big, it was a big thing. Dude. So uh, let's talk about that. Hope a stick review. We did. That was a, uh, that's pretty fun. That was a, went to the all skate city barn jordan let, let me throw this to jordan okay you weren't there that day but you watched what we put together like just first first reaction oh what first if- reaction i was like okay is kyle really like stick handling like this like is this is this really how kyle's sticking like i did not know he had this choppy of hands and then i watched the video and it went on went on and it seemed like you guys had a lot of fun um and the stick looked really cool um everything you could customize about it everything that rob said about it on this thing and make sure you use 10% off for really that news to get the code. Uh, what, do you, uh, but, what was your favorite part of that video? Uh, I think <laughs> favorite part of that video was seeing CJ just be a clown. Also, <laughs> <laughs> that was also really funny. Um, love that guy. And honestly, I really laughed really hard at Kyle's stick handling. That really put me over the edge. I couldn't get over it because I really thought like that's how it was at the beginning. I didn't know it was like fake at the beginning. So I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, it was cool. What was your guys' favorite part about it? We we had fun with it. And, like, we we did – I feel like we did a lot of different things that, like, touched on kind of, like, who we are as well as, like, what people would want, like, from from a stick review. So, like, yeah, with Kyle's stick handling and the whole CJ, like, we had fun with that. Rob and I were being directors, like, and we were having fun doing that. Yeah, of course. And we were telling these guys where to go, and, like, they got to say it. They got to do it this way. And so, like, that was unique and fun. But then we also, like, 
taking a step back, we're like, yo, it is a sick review. We got to kind of, you know, <laughs> know these guys using the stick, how, how, you know, the flex looks, how, how we can really portray the way this stick is going to work um, when people purchase it. So like you said, like it was a little bit of business, but it was a bit of fun. And like, I, I hope people understand, like we were having fun with that video too. You know? Yeah, no, it was a, uh, you know, we did a lot of different stuff with it. The coolest thing though, about it was just every all the boys wanted to be a part and doing their own roles in it and you know helping us i think my favorite part was the very ending when wes took the stick and just threw this the other stick not gonna say the name brand and he grabbed the hopa and put it in his hand that was the funniest thing to me just throws the f-bomb down completely <laughs> <unfiltered>. <laughs> where's the zach alfanakis shirt too to the a roller review i text all these yeah. guys hey roll wear your roller dad shirt CJ's the only person that shows up. Kyle shows up in a tour shirt. Wes shows up in a Zach Gilfanakis shirt. (laughs) What are you boys doing? Where did you – did you just wake up, Wes? But, no, that was a lot of fun. So, thank you to Kevin letting us go in there before the quarantine shut down and, you know, doing the little Hopa review. The city had already been kind of shut down, and so I was – that was my first weekend off in a long time. So, so it was fun, even though like going going there on Sunday afternoon, like it was fun. The boys had fun. I think we we did hope us some justice. Like you said too, I mean, like you can get like the lie, you can get the kick point, you can get the flex, you can get the length, the curve, everything completely customized. So and you know, I kind of touched on it in the previous podcast too. Like if you're dialed into like your stick needs just the technology of sticks these days, like that's a, that's a huge, a huge boost, like in, in your abilities and stuff. So, I mean, check them out. Hopa roller dad news promo code. Sound like bit. You guys already said enough about it. People know about it. It's a great stick and uh, we can't wait to try the tendy one. So we're going to have to get a tendy one. I I can't wait for that. That's going to be, we got, we got three tendies here. So here we chance. I shot I shot with that stick that day too and like it's I feel like if you get the release down I mean like we just got what a P88 90 or something sent to us I personally do like P88 like if that's a Patty Kane Bauer curve like that's a good curve I like the release on it Wes was having a tough time getting used to it but uh no I, I I liked it I I did like the stick and you know I I only really use a stick when I'm coaching kids and kind of, I don't skate out as much as I used to. I still do here and there, but I, I like the stick. It had a good feel and yeah. I think it's good for people to take it. Sure. Boys, no hockey's going on. We should have already had two tournaments. We should have already went to Pennsylvania for uh winter wars East coast and then tours winter cup should be just ending today. And you know, it's a, it's a bummer that this quarantine is going on. I hope everybody in the roller world safe and, you know, healthy, their families too. So we kind of have to create our own content, but that's nothing new what we're used to. That's kind of what we, that's what we do. So we love to do. So I got a question for you guys. If you could see any player in their prime play, who would it be and why? And that mean in the roller world. So if you want to do like, you know, Jason Zucker when he was little or Rocco or even now, you know, and CJ Yoder or Joe Cook, whoever. Let's go with you. Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, I can go first if you guys don't. Yeah. So, uh, so, Mr. Farm Tough himself, Peter Dale. 
I think it'd be pretty cool hey. to see him in his prime. Uh, I've talked to him a couple of times. He's re- I really like his. And um, Joey and Blake have gone to uh, his farm a couple of times over the summer and like worked out and stuff. And I know Wisconsin boy wanted to see what's going down. I know he played in the um, RHI for a year too. He only played a couple of games, but he played for a year. And uh, so yeah, I like to see Peter Dale in his prime. See him tearing it up. That would be a, that would be an awesome player to watch play. He. He used to have the USA Clinics team, I believe, that played in the pro division a couple times. And, you know, he's a little older, but he was right there. Oh, dude. He's huge. Athletic. Jack. Like, you, you see Peter Dale and you see Derek Thede, and, like, they're not, they're not big guys. And so Peter is, like, a complete artist at, like, the way he coaches and the way he has these camps set up and his philosophy and what he preaches to these kids to make them better players. And my dad always kind of pointed out to me too. I had an ice coach named Doug Smale and he was a little guy, but he played for the Winnipeg jets for like 10 years, scored 30 goals and he's five, eight in the NHL back in the eighties, you know? So kind of similar concept, dude, like, Little guys, I think, obviously, in roller hockey have have a little bit more room and a little bit more leeway out there. But I just know that that guy knows how to skate, and he knows how to be gritty, and he knows how to be a team team player. And, you know, when you get to that level, sometimes you have certain roles. And like you're saying, I'd love to see him play too. I don't know if he was, like, the team's goal scorer or if he was the firecracker out there getting the energy going, but – I'd love to see him play. Yeah, just knowing him now, it'd be really cool to see him back in the days. And the RHI days when it was everything was top-notch and everything was going hard. I think it'd be cool to see him play back then. You, you yeah. see the respect that the kids and the parents have for him with his program. And even any roller hockey player who's, like, around a tournament sees him, sees him interacting with people. And, you know, you can pull him aside and just kind of, like, talk to him like, like you've known him. Like, he's exactly. such a good dude. He's such a good dude, and he does a hell of a lot for our sport. So that's a good that's a good one to bat us off with there, Jordan. Yeah. What about you guys? What's up? Just now, hold on to you know add on to everything we said. You know, oh. farm what he's done with out at uh, Wisconsin with the farm tough and the college prospect camp that he's built over the last three years is absolutely phenomenal. There's nothing better for col- you know for the college roller hockey for kids getting involved into it. It's it's phenomenal what he's done there. Players can go there, do this tryout, and, you know, college coaches can, you know, talk to them and stuff, but they get this prospect camp, and it's it's unheard of in roller hockey. So it's it's pretty awesome to see what he does. So grand scheme of things, too, to, you know, have more kids play our sport. Parents at an earlier age need to see that, like, there is a little bit of a pathway, like, playing this sport. Obviously, Lindenwood and I think Bethel, I'm not 100% sure what their setup is, but Lindenwood, like you get a financial aid or a grant to go to that school, depending on where you're going to land at. And so if, if people are putting in an effort to further that or to make, you know, these clubs, these, these club sports, these student life sports at these schools, parents will then feel – you know, better about having their kid play roller hockey um, to get, you know, maybe some sort of financial aid. Uh, Obviously, like, you're not going to get a completely full scholarship playing roller hockey, but if there's motivation, if your buddies are going somewhere and they're going to go to school together and play together, 
and you know, you might get a little kick in for some money. It, that's a big thing overall, like grand scheme of our sport that we do need. So him fostering a college roller hockey prospect camp is a pretty amazing and awesome thing that is very unique to our sport. Absolutely. Kev, who, uh, who do you got? Who, what player would you want to see play in their prime? You know what? I don't think Ronnie B played a lot, but you know what he did do? What? Ronnie B was a speed skater. No way. Ronnie B was a speed skater back in the day. That's kind of how he got his start into roller sports and things like that and having his own roller rink, spinny wheels. I would love to see Ronnie B wheeling a speed (laughs) skating match. That would be pretty awesome. I would pay to see that, actually. Exactly. The, there's got to be video of it somewhere. Um, a couple of years ago, when, when uh, Tours was in Philadelphia, him and George Brown, they did, they did, <laughs> they did the little shootout competition. I remember oh, that. God, it was amazing. I told Ronnie B to do the over-the-bridge thing, too, chop George's stick, oh. and George did not see it coming. And it was so <laughs> great. Did he and score? Yeah, he scored. Oh, he scored. Oh! Yeah, that's what I mean. This video is somewhere. It's probably on the tour's Instagram. Trefty should send that to us. Um, but Ronnie B, like, he would come down on me in practice, too, like, on breakaways when we do, like, the end of practice at Lindenwood. And he, whenever he'd score, it was the funniest thing. He either put the sword in the case or he'd just look at me and, like, give me the Yager salute. <laughs> like, <laughs> just total Ronnie B stuff. Um, I'd love to see Chad Siebel. Just because, like – That was the name of my list, too. Like, the grit that that guy has. Joe, when you interviewed Joe, he touched on it. Like, there's not really an outlet for players to kind of, like, take someone out if, like, a player chirps them or something like that. You know, like a clean hit. Like, you can't just, like, hit people in our sport. And so, when Siebel and Cook were playing, like, I would love to just see some classic, like, battles – just some rivalries going on around the rink. Uh, Siebel would be great. Yoder, I mean, like, that guy's got some of the best touch around a puck. Does Kevin have, like, five picks? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's Is what he I mean. Sioli. Mike Sioli. Absolutely. Grinder, dude. He played uh, pie hop for a little bit in the Springs, and dude was. With Yoder and Yingling came yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. So which guy do you, which guy did you pick? All of them. Ah, uh, that makes uh, sense. I'd want to see Rob Laurie shut it down in net. Why? Why do you keep taking our players? Like I want to pick one of them. There, <laughs> who you got? All right. Yep. Well, if I had to pick one, it would be Joe Cook because, well, you know, he's a legend. You know, hearing the stories of how how good he was and oh. awards named after him and Pieha and stuff. It's a uh, he's it's awesome. I'd love to see. I'd love to see it. And listening to the interview with him, it was a lot of fun getting to talk to him and talking about how different the game was. I'd absolutely love to see him be playing there. And he played ice for Miami, Ohio as well, too. So it was a uh, – I think it would be pretty awesome to watch him play because he – I bet you was disgusting. All, all things considered with, like, his um, getting introduced to roller hockey and what he does for the sport now, like, that's a pretty drastic and quick turnaround to be playing college ice, to be in the ACHL. And then all of a sudden, like, he's working for a new roller hockey company. 
Yeah. The story of him having scars on his feet from like the first missions, that was nuts. Dude, that and, was, yeah. Yeah. And, and what he's it. done with it now to take where Alkali how it was growing, it's just yeah. really it, amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So I, it'd be and really like, cool. fan of my life has been like time period wise where Joe Cook has been introduced to roller hockey and been a part of companies and been making skates and been growing the sport the way he, he does. Yeah. And it's awesome to see the way he grows it, the new things for us three goalie skates. That's phenomenal. You know, we don't, every time a new company comes out, I remember when mission came out their first goalie skates, dude, it was insane. People were like, Oh dude, they're out. This is so crazy. You know? Yeah. And I love tour. I like tour goalie skates, you know, and they're like the ones that were kind of only, making them you know available yeah available and i love them i that's what i rock right now but now alkali is coming out with them and you know i'm gonna try them i'm for sure gonna buy a pair not just because they're prowler colors but because they look sick and they got the conics and new helis wheels on them they come with yeah they come with the nice wheels on them they're fresh they're nice and that's what he's done with the game he's always taking it to a new level with whatever he's doing so all company aside, when he's at the business world, I'd love to see him play them because I guarantee he was a sniper. Because yeah, the way he builds teams, the way he can build a team, I mean, he won March uh, this summer. So Yeah, I was looking at uh, his stats, and he had like a bunch of points. D-Mac, I can't remember what it was. I think he had like 45 points in 37 games or something like that. One year, he was going off. You're bringing that up. I think one year he had like most points at, uh, at, as a defenseman in yeah. AA that year. Yeah, yeah. like stud. <laughs> yeah. 93 and 93, 14 games played, 18 goals, 17 assists for 35 points. How many games played? 14. <laughs> Was that the playoffs or regular season? That's regular season. 14 18 goals. 18 goals, 17 apples, 35 points, and 14 games played. Jesus, that's like 2.3 points a game. He also played uh, three games in the AHL, too. So, dude, played a long time in the RHI, lit it up. His last, uh, the last season, 97, six games played, five goals, four assists for nine points. He lights it up every year. Guarantee he was a highlight machine. So, that's my pick. Joe Cook. Since Kevin picked a whole line, I'm going to pick a goalie. So I'm going to go with uh, Rob Lowry or Jane, uh, was it Jamie Buffalino? I think those two goalies back in the day were disgusting. Uh, I'm always getting to watch. I loved watching them. I think, uh, you know, Brett Leggett would be pretty awesome, but I think I've, I grew up watching him, so I feel like I got to see most of his prime. You know, like that's a goalie – him and Redmond are goalies that I've kind of always grown up with watching. So I feel like I've got to see their prime, which is pretty awesome. But yeah, that would be uh, my picks, boys. Oh, yeah. Are we, have we even told who we even have on the pod today or an interview? Uh, I, I haven't said it. So have you guys said well, it? We got a good one today, boys and girls. We got John Shavo joining us from uh, Mission Black Ice. Also Johnny playing roller hockey. Johnny also plays uh, in the SPHL. So, John, uh, John Shavo is going to be joining us here. So, you guys want to send it over to that interview right now? Yeah, sounds good. Let's get over to Shavo. Let's go, boys. All right, guys. Welcome back to the RDN Good Roller Pod. We got a special interview today. We got a two-time Team USA winner. We got a 2018-2019 SPHL champion. 
one-time Palma Pro champion, three-time Pours champion, John Chavo. Welcome to the pod, man. What an intro. Wow. Thanks for that. I'm excited to be here, guys. How's, uh, how's it going today, man? Going pretty good. Uh, just buzzing around. Had some uh, phone calls this morning, some emails, and now uh, super excited to be here with you guys. But this uh, quarantine going on is uh, getting a little old for myself. I'm sure it is for you guys, too. Oh yeah, man. How you, uh, what are you doing to stay busy with, you know, the stick work and stuff? Nonstop stick handling content, uh, flying left and right right now. Launched my YouTube account again. Um, so yeah, staying busy with that and then Goodwood hockey, uh, just working a ton. So I'm, I'm definitely staying busy. That's for sure. But working on the hands a little bit extra because there's a lot of time to kill. Well, we'll get into Goodwood and, and all the stuff you're doing with that, but uh, let's kind of let's start a little bit from the beginning. We're gonna jump around a little bit, but uh, just kind of like let everybody know. I know we sat down in Barcelona for a little bit, but that was a little more Team USA driven. Give give everybody a little uh, shine a little light on kind of how you got started with roller hockey. So I got started with my dad uh, in Long Island, New York, uh, Rapid Fire Arena when I was about three. He always just played for fun, just loved the game, played men's league things like that. Um, he just got me on skates in the street and then brought me over the rapid fire. And I think I was about four was already on a team. Uh, just love the game. Every picture I see from when I'm a kid, even if I can't remember, like I had a Rangers hoodie an Islanders hoodie, a mini hockey stick, a broken stick cut down. Um, so I think right away it was a, a notch and I just was attached to it and I loved it. So yeah, started really early and then, um, fell in love with roller hockey and that's truly my biggest passion is, is inline hockey and I would say ice hockey came along a lot later in life but uh definitely been blessed with a heck of a time and the places that it's taken me what wh how old were you when you got started with black ice I was older because I played um tour smoke prior to that I played mission snipers oh, prior to that okay. so I would say so who was your say first was, who was your first team then you played with it's pretty funny. I just posted an Instagram yesterday and threw back some old pics and I was trying to remember exactly. And it was, it was like the tour smoke, I would say with Timmy Wells was the first official travel team, but there was like a team out of rapid fire called the roller dragons. And like, that's where I like really started, but like that's way before I could remember. I've only seen pictures. So like the, what I start remembering is like tour smoke days, Tim Wells practices, like all those things. Um, and I actually was a goalie. Like I played Narch as like a backup goalie, um, for like maybe three years. Like I, I wasn't even a player full time. I was like switching. I loved goalie, had fun with it. And then uh little story, my mom like ran over my goalie bag in the driveway one day and Tim that Wells was that. like, man, you gotta stop, you gotta stop playing goalie. Like you could, you could stick handle, you know, pretty good. Like you're not going to play anymore. So then I hung those up, but yeah, I definitely have uh, pictures of, when I was really little and don't really remember, but I was in tour smoke Jersey, uh, playing goalie. That's unreal. Did you, you played did you play in Cincinnati in like 2004. I think so. And I definitely played in the Minnesota Narch, um, at the XL. That was like the clear one that I remember as a, as attendee, but yeah, that story, I don't think I've ever actually talked about or like brought up, but it's definitely something that some people remember. Like Mr. Halverson has probably the best stories of like me filling yeah. in for his team. And I was a goalie. What if Pretty John Chavo today was a goalie? That'd be wild, huh? <laughs> I don't know what it would be like. What uh? So what made you change? 
I always just love mom ran over his ear, bro. Yeah, that too. That too. (laughs) (laughs) That too. But yeah, no, honestly, like coaches used to say like, Oh, we already have a starting goalie and uh, you're always stick handling around. Like I would always have a goalie stick, but I have my player stick with me. So I would just be stick handling around and skating around. And obviously then I wore player skates in that. So the coach would be like, yeah, well you could play out for us if you'd like. And my dad would be like, do you want to play out? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. And then I would just jump around and, after the game, I'd still be buzzing around, stick handling around the ring. So I think all the coaches knew that I had a different match than just taking shots. There you go. Well, the first time I remember meeting you, maybe we crossed paths when you were playing for Smoke because we got uh, we actually played them pretty good uh, with Stallions back in 04 in Cincinnati. We got dusted by some team that didn't even sniff the playoffs. But we played you guys in the Blast Tour in the championship, and we played you guys good. So I can feel good about that in my old grade. <laughs> The first time I remember meeting you, though, um, was at Tours Nationals in West Palm Beach in, like, 2009, I believe it was. Um, We were there with the Dynamite, and you were playing up, I believe, in the 14-under age division, and we just got done with a skills competition, and you came over to me and CJ, friend of the pod, uh, who, and you were like, yo, I I got this skills competition coming up, like, you want to, you want to take a couple more breakaways, and I obviously had nothing going on at the time. So I was like, sure. It was cool that, you know, a kid from the East coast was asking me and CJ, these kids from Colorado to, you know, just take a couple breakaways with. So that was the first time I remember meeting you. And it's amazing. uh, It's amazing how far you've taken everything in this sport and what you're doing with it now. So kind of, kind of bringing it all back to the beginning is always fun to look back on. Yeah. And it's crazy. I feel uh, that I was always like the guy looking to reach out to different states or teams like where I never met anyone just to see like how skilled they were I feel like maybe the internet wasn't as big or like social media definitely wasn't anything then so I was just trying to play against other guys and try my moves that I'm doing all the time and practicing and I mean still like from when I was 12 to when I'm 26 like I'm still practicing and doing all these things and any ring time I see prior to a tournament or something like I'm on it so uh, that that'll never change but yeah I mean that's how I bet I've met a bunch of people and I definitely remember that now they that brought that up that was funny yeah <laughs> for sure man <laughs> did uh so when you joined black ice what age, did you already say what age you joined black ice I don't know the exact age uh Jason Miro would definitely know the exact age he remembers every single game played in black ice history so he would probably know my exact day I joined the black ice but I don't remember my exact age. I would say I was over 14, though. And um, I definitely was playing, like, on two divisions, three divisions with him when I jumped on. So we were wearing those old-school jerseys. I just posted an Instagram about that. The those are, I love those, those. are I love those jerseys. Yeah. yeah those I think are those classic were... throwbacks. I love, like, seeing that picture of you even gave me a little nostalgia. Like, damn, black ice back in the day. They, they were still – they're always thugged out. Oh, yeah. Um. I guess we can skip forward a little bit to like how you started playing pro. Did you start with next gen? Was that your first pro team that you started with? Yeah, that was my first opportunity. So I played division one with the Roadrunner. So shout out to VO for like giving me a chance as a young, a young guy. Um, and then I played like the AIHL in New York for the 495ers. And so I was kind of like used to playing with the big boys. And I was like, all right, like when I'm allowed to play pro, like I'm ready to go. I kind of, it actually took a while to get a little bit of an invite and next gen was the first people to reach out. I was sponsored by Bauer at the Bauer mission at the time. And 
that was a full sponsored team. So when they asked me, like, these are guys that I looked up to playing against like junior and whitey and TNT was our goalie. It was that all those guys. It was, yeah. Like Chris that Terry. team was like in, yeah. Chris Terry. Dakota. Have more. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. The list Spencer goes on. Eichmann. Like the list goes on. That team, oh. that team was stupid. That team was absurd. insane. We had, we had almost four lines that were like, Oh my gosh, like how dangerous is this? And, TK, I don't know if TK was brought up. Yeah, TK, yeah, 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 I said that. He, I mean, that team was fantastic. But for me to like start playing there in the pros, um, was cool for me because it was all guys that like I'd always dreamed of playing with and like watched. And then we were playing against like the Palma Cyclones and the Mission Snipers. Like even though as a kid I was like the Mission Snipers stick boy and loved Greg Thompson and all those guys. But another hero of mine was Johnny Mack, and like he was always playing for a team that wasn't around us. So I had the opportunity to get that chance for a California team. I was like, sweet. Like all my boys were kind of bouncing around. That was on like the Alkali Asylum. So like that was all like KJ and Billy didn't have black ice in the pros yet. So like they were playing there and kind of bouncing around. And I was like, okay, well, I think I found a home here, you know, for the long haul and I'm super young. So I'll run with this opportunity. And thanks to those guys, like those memories that we had were incredible. And I learned so much from, you know, all literally all those guys like Archie to TK like guys that I still talk to all the time and that you learned a lot from as a young kid you know <laughs> yeah nice we were talking about this morning we were like how did if I we remember correctly next gen didn't win like a tournament or a pro tournament and we were like how did that team not win one with so yeah I just want to touch up on how that was and how I get all. I get like sick thinking about the tournaments that we played in like we weren't even in the final it was yeah. it was mind blowing. Like it wasn't like we were playing. It was bad. like it wasn't the semis like, every it was a time. Run. Yeah, it was like we just couldn't couldn't pass a certain round. And like I think we won in AAU championship. And even winning that in uh, Huntington Beach at uh, that rink there, like that was an absolute war that we were in to even win that tournament. And we're like, well, this isn't even like Narch. Like what's going yeah. on? Like we're just fighting so hard. And I mean, those games then were were huge to win finally and we we're like oh maybe we'll bring this you know to narch to tours and like we still couldn't couldn't pull it out of those semis though well, it, was, it was very tough <laughs> was that the reason why next gen kind of split up or do you know the reason of like why you guys didn't stop playing kind of stop playing together and stuff i think there was just other opportunities for everyone and i mean obviously it takes a lot to have a corporate team like that where there isn't too many of those nowadays um, so I think the opportunity by all the guys to kind of go to their home teams, black ice was now, you know, had won a championship. I wasn't with them. They're all guys from basically right where I live. Um, so to go back to them and then, you know, junior plays for California team, then, you know, Baron and TK go to tour. So like everyone split up and it wasn't like, there was no hard feelings. It was just like, Hey, I, you know, I don't think there's going to be funds and I don't think there's gonna be a team so you know this is probably the right thing to do and, and that then yeah that was how everyone kind of left and on good terms it was just uh tough because we weren't winning too I think if we were winning it might have all changed how was it uh in that tournament when you guys played black ice I believe it was in the semis how was it playing against you know the black ice boys because you still played with them growing up and played d1 and juniors correct yeah, like I was playing with them in other divisions and then playing against them in the pros for, I think it was two years I did that. And they were getting hot. Like I could tell in that tournament how good they were playing. And 100%, I don't think we had a goal in that semifinal. And our quarterfinal game was like a heater, I think. That semifinal was a pretty unreal game to watch. I mean, yeah. 
a one zero yeah. game into over I mean it was just like and a, I mean think of all the goal scorers in that game that you look back on and you're like wow these guys scored the biggest goals of their whole lives and like there's only a, it's a one goal game in a semi at the biggest tournament of the summer so like that's how tight we were all playing and like defensive and the right way things like that heck yeah Trini played on his head that game um but yeah like that game was was a wild one playing against them is never fun especially when they're your boys and you literally have to dress in the same locker room to play d1 like right after that game so i was excited for them i think they kind of felt uh uneasy like looking at me after and be like, Oh, it could have been here. And I felt the same way. Like, yeah, it could have been there, but you know, I wasn't going to just bounce at that time. Like when I had a young opportunity and tried to run with it and you know, they just, they beat us and it was a good battle. So I think after that, when I joined them, it was uh, exciting to play with guys that, that I live around and can practice with and really know my whole entire life. It's definitely like playing with your boys. Mm-hmm. Well, you kind of touched on it too. Um, I think that was a big thing, too, because they had what? They had Next Gen and they had Axiom. And so it was kind of like the older crew of Mission guys and then the younger crew. And then you you kind of touched on it. I think there was one year where Mission's budget got cut, like, drastically. And yep. so that took out – that swept out the rug from everybody's feet of, of being on a Mission team like that. And so now, you know, you've got Mission Black Ice and the Mission Labeda Snipers, but it's not like a – it's not like a hard, fully fledged California mission team like you know they used to kind of have back in the day. So that was definitely a bit of a uh, periodical change. And I just remember you guys being around the rink. You guys all were decked out, same shirt, same shorts, like each day. Your outfits were on point. You guys had new equipment. Everybody's pulling sticks out of the sleeves. Mm-hmm. TNT's got a fresh new set of gear. And I'm uh, God love George Brown and my boys. We're getting in our locker room, like looking at you guys, like, had right, we got next two years. Let's, uh, let's do what we can. I think we played you guys like really good in Toronto. You guys dusted us in tours that summer um, in Detroit. So, I mean, you guys, man, that team was a wagon. And, you know, we're talking about it now. It's kind of a little head scratching how it didn't happen, but I mean, it didn't happen. And that's, it is what it is, but man, that I was, kinda, that was a I fun look team like, to play against and a fun team to watch. Definitely. And I kind of look at like Palma for a little while. They're like, not that they're never not a threat, but they weren't winning. And then this summer they go out and absolutely go on a tear, like at tours. And you're like, Whoa, like these guys are back and they were never gone. But you watch them that tournament, you're like, they're out to kill. Like they're going to win. This. Like yeah. they're playing that good. And now you look at them reset again. And I mean, people are already scared of their roster by staring at it. And like a hundred percent, it's almost like a next gen again. And it's just a new generation. Time has changed. And like, they're able to put it back together. And to be honest, they're all from around there. Like they're all, there's no, yeah. not many imports and things like that. And you got to respect that because that's the way, you know, when you play that way, I think you play better. You end up winning. And a team like black ice when they won the first time and I wasn't there, like it was so exciting for them because like, wow, we finally did it. Like it's us, like the boys did it. And I think that's what makes it even cooler. Well, good deal. Yeah. It's, it's nice reminiscing on next gen. I mean, that was a fun, like I said, it was a fun team to watch, fun team to play against. You just don't always knew you had to bring your a game playing against them. But, uh, we can transition here, Rob. What do you want to throw it over to? You know, I kind of want to talk, touch it on the, his SPHL championship run a little bit uh, before we get into Goodwood and stuff. How, uh, you know, how was that? You know, not a lot of roller players have, you know, played in 
professional roller a professional ice hockey or let alone have won a cup so what is, what was that like what was the playoff run and you know winning that um what was that like for you yeah i think there's actually a couple other roller like john john has won an sphl championship okay. which is my which bad is john, cool. john. there's a couple yeah no there's a couple guys that Making are out there mayhem, no, right yep making mayhem for john john okay yep um for me though it was uh, a really y- a rough year like i've played this is my fifth pro season. Obviously, this one got cut short because of the virus. But last year, I got bounced around a bit. Um, the year prior, I finished in the coast. So, like, I was on a high. I thought, you know, I'd make the coast again. And <clears throat> things just happened. Ice hockey is a tough business. Um, I ended up playing in Florida for a couple games, playing really good. And, like, the guy traded me, which is fine, part of the game. I ended up going to another team, having a point per game for six games and, like, getting released for no reason. Like, absolutely no reason. And I ended up calling Huntsville. Um, I played there in the past for a tryout, played well. He loved me. Guys came back from IR, so I got released. Call him. I'm like, hey, coach, like, uh, I don't know what you think of this. I'm sure you saw I got, you know, waived from the team, but I'm a fourth-year guy. Like, I know what I can bring to you guys. Um, just looking for an opportunity. He gave me a three-game tryout, did my thing, played my game, um, and all the way to the finals, lucky enough to score uh maybe one of the biggest goals in my ice hockey career in the finals of the SPHL game two at home. We're down by a goal. I score, we tie it up, end up, you know, winning four to two. And I think it's, it's so surreal because like you, you battle adversity all the time. Um, When you have a chance to make a comeback like that, kind of prove people wrong, but prove other people right. That like give you the opportunity and like do believe in you. Um, and the playoffs in ice hockey goes way faster than like a day tournament in, you know, a Narch or state wars or anything like that, because you're playing those games. Like you play the round Robin knowing, all right, we got a quarterfinal for sure. Like then we got two more to win in ice. It was like, all right, we're on the road. You know, we just lost. We're going home t- tomorrow night. And you know, if we lose, we're done. Like we just played 50 something games and we, we have a chance to be out. And I had never been that deep in a playoff run, like second round going to the finals. I'm like, holy smokes, like this is something in ice that I've really never went this long and the series don't last like that. And the, and the wars that are going on were tremendous. Like they were absolute battles that I've never been in like that before besides that world. And uh, yeah, to win at home was a heck of an experience. And the city of Huntsville is absolutely incredible. Like I was happy to be back there this year and, and play there and hopefully next year. But I think everyone loves winning a championship and says, you know, that you'll never forget that team. But the way that our team had to come together to win was like you would block a shot in the teeth to like make sure you hoisted the SPHL Cup. And it doesn't matter. Like Stanley Cup, AHL, Coast, SP, Federal League. Like if you win a championship, like it's on your record forever. And those guys that you'll play with are boys forever. Like there's guys that I probably wouldn't be friends with if we – lost but we bonded so much during the playoffs because you're you know back and forth three three and three like you're doing anything for each other like to be ready uh to make sure everyone's minds in it like you got to be that way to win a championship so to win it there and to have the opportunity you know coming from a tryout mid-season being released and dealing with that adversity um to come out on top and then look back at this like wow i'm an sphl champion for life is is pretty humbling and I think a lot of the guys on the team would say the same. 
That's pretty awesome. I didn't even, I didn't know that, you know, all that whole thing happened in that, uh, that season. And then to come back from that, a tryout, you know, and come out with a cup on top. That's pretty awesome, man. Congratulations, you know, late congratulations, but it's pretty cool to hear about. Yeah. Thanks guys. Do you, uh, Jordan, do you want to send it over to kind of talk about Goodwood? Uh, yeah. So we can talk about Goodwood and well, you can talk about Goodwood. Uh, what do you like? What do you want to get into about John? Um, yeah, so can... I guess Goodwood is what is Goodwood? Goodwood is a your company, correct? Yeah, it's my partner Kelly owns it. Um, I just Shout out to have Kelly. my own line, and yep, and uh, she does an amazing job. It's three years uh, the company has been run. Um, we have a bunch of different avenues. We also like do apparel for teams, and like we make the undergear for my Havoc team, things like that. So we're kind of down all avenues. Um, but yeah, I have my own line off of Goodwood Hockey. And yeah, we just make all unlicensed hockey apparel just to, you know, just for the love of the game and for parents to see out there that, you know, there's different designs that are cheaper than just going to an NHL game and buying a $30, you know, licensed hat or the apparel that's Adidas or uh, Fanatics that are a little bit more expensive that you can't just kind of rotate out. If you maybe have a couple kids, like that's an expensive night at an NHL game. Yeah, no, that is, that's a, uh, that that's pretty cool. I didn't know that you guys were kind of that wide out and uh, broad in it. That's uh that's pretty awesome. I know that you have a kind of a nonprofit training uh, program, Learn to Play, with that. Can you get more into detail about that? Yeah. So we just launched this last year. It was super exciting. Um, I did a couple camps where Goodwood sponsored it, and we basically bought all the gear or had donated uh, gear from friends to run a camp. And we actually went to North Carolina, and then we did one in Queens with the New York empire, which is like a travel pro slash men's team. And, uh, we were able to basically dress a little under 70 players, um, head to toe to try hockey. And then honestly, we gave most of it all away. Like we took back some stuff that were like buddies that I was borrowing, but my other buddies and other people that donated were like, yeah, man, like just seeing the joy in those kids eyes, like they could have it. Like, so a lot of stuff like we paid for and we ended up just giving away. Um, but to dress that many kids, see the smiles on their faces, go to, uh, we went to Hilton Head, North Carolina, South Carolina, North Carolina, and uh, a beautiful place. But there was probably 30 kids that came from not in Hilton Head, from outside places that one had never seen hockey and two maybe came from a lower income family. Um, and the chances that they got just like holding a stick prior to even putting on skates like you could just tell they loved it. Like they're running around with sneakers on and the balls and the pops that I threw out and like the camp didn't even start yet. It was like two hours prior to us giving the gear out and explaining the program that we started and everything that we wanted to do. So I think this time, especially with what's going on, like roller hockey is at a chance, has the chance to blow up again and grow if everyone does it as a team. So I think what Palma just launched, what Ethan and John John are doing. Um, I know there's, couple of things out there that are you know new in the works but i believe that all those things together equal what me and kelly just started and that's our non-for-profit where we could take donations of used gear or new gear from companies uh, we want to host these camps all over um be very versatile um different times of the year things like that because this is a huge part where everyone might struggle getting into it and especially in places where there isn't as much roller or ice hockey if we give it a kickstart or a kickstarter, bang, now there's now there could be a regional there one day or there's a tryout for state wars or 
anything like that. So I think for me, I was lucky that I had a dad that played, had the rinks near us, had the pro shops by, you know, even to play it against sports where you could get cheaper gear. Um, now there's websites out there, but if we don't teach them or don't give them the guidelines or give them the opportunity just to try, um, then it might be hard to get started because hockey is an expensive sport. And I think we all know that. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And so a little bit of what I do, I mean, like I, I run a skating rink, but I run the hockey program too. And so I remember a couple of years ago, walking into Hershey Center with you and your dad, I was kind of telling you guys about how now I run the hockey program at the rink that as a kid, I grew up at. And just like you said, you don't realize the impact you have on these kids until you see them put those skates on and like get out on a rink and start kind of like doing the little the little fundamentals the basics and stuff and you don't realize how rewarding it is either until you know you get eight weeks so for me I've got like seven weeks with these kids I get to like know their name I get to know some of their parents and stuff like that so when seven weeks is up obviously we want them to join into the rec league so that they can kind of keep it going but just seeing kids and getting kids into it and having that experience and sharing that experience with the kids and the family like for what we love in our sport and, and knowing that, you know, as a kid, if I didn't have somebody doing this, like I probably wouldn't be there. Like it's it rewarding is really the only word that I can kind of like think of. Like it's super gratifying seeing kids kind of express themselves through hockey and start, you know, making relationships with other kids and, and looking forward to something to do, you know, each week coming to a learn to play. So that that's awesome that you guys have that going. And, you know, you've got the donation side of everything too. It goes a long way. We give the kids when they sign up, they get a pair of skates and then we have shin pads, gloves and helmets and like sticks at the rink that they can borrow. Cause just like you said, it's really tough for a family, maybe a lower income family to get started when skates are, you know, 150 bucks or whatever they might be. So if any help goes a long way to get kids initiated and started playing and definitely like i think the recycled gear thing is great because the nhl tried it and i know they get away from it here and there but when you're able to do that you could have one kid you know wear different things multiple years and then when he grows out of it bang he gives it to the next person and as long as it's clean and sanitized and that's what we've been doing um to keep that going um is huge but yeah the opportunity to give away things that are a little bit more expensive to pay to play or to pay to travel to the rink or do all those things you know, even to have you in a rec league, you still got to pay to play it. So it does get expensive, but it's it's nice that we're trying to open this avenue and definitely, you know, expose it just to know hockey and love it. And if they never even play in a league, hey, guess what? We were the ones that gave them a street, street hockey stick and the rest of their life, like that's going to be in their garage for maybe when their kids get old or they could teach them the way we did. Um, another little shout out here, uh, Peter Dale with Farm Tough and not even Peter Dale side in Wisconsin. Um, the Iowa side also with the cookers running that, like they're doing an incredible oh, yeah, job. Like Peter at the farm. Yeah. The explosion. Exactly. Like both of them are incredible people. They love the game so much. They care so much. And they both are doing on ends amount of hours. Don't get paid for it. Um, obviously both families have kids that are unreal at hockey and going to be bright, bright futures for our game. Landon's a stun. <laughs> Oh yeah, Landon oh, yeah. Coker's chance is to skate with them. Yeah, I had a chance to skate with them this year, and obviously Peter and his family I've been skating with. No, Ty is on an all-time high. Obviously, Dill is at college, played a great season. So like those families, they'll care so much, and they're doing the right thing to grow it. 
And I feel like that's a model that everyone should be taking. And it's something that I've got a chance to connect with Peter for so long yet now. And I got to work out with him when I was a lot younger that I learned a lot that I take with me today and I get to use. And, you know, his facility is great. He always has ice guys turning into roller, which like I always try to get my ice teammates to play roller. Um, and it's all good stuff. But yeah, big shout out to them because sometimes I feel like they don't get enough love. And I mean, for those cities like Iowa, Des Moines, right? Like maybe not a hotbed that anyone knows has roller or even has a program and they're trying their best to grow it. Um, same within Wisconsin. I know for Peter, it took a long time, but now they have a rink that they put a floor down when the ice hockey season's up and then they have a roller rink for a couple months and he puts on this amazing prospect camp for the college kids going into college. So there's so many good things and there's a ton of people working so hard out there for that with social media, like this is a great time for us to all see it in the game of roller and uh, kind of be together and grow it from afar from each state. So good to set it better, man. Um, so what is your guys' – I know we have this quarantine situation going on, but with, you know, Goodwood and the camps, do uh, you have any planned coming up after this, or what's going on uh, with that? So we had to cancel our re-up in Hilton Head. That was in basically a month from now. So we okay. postponed that. I'm sure, sure it'll be canceled until 2021, okay. um, which is tough and sad. But we'll definitely do one by the end of the summer in New York. Um, probably again in the city with the new New York empire. They helped us a ton run it. They had a lot of their pro guys, a lot of their men's guy come down and help me run it. Um, so we're definitely going to do that whenever this virus is over. Um, I already have a bunch of gear donated. I'm going to find a way to, um, if people have bags of equipment in certain States, especially close to New York where we could have a pickup system and then we could sanitize it, do things like that. But even from afar, if you ever want to donate. Um, yeah. So how can people, how can people do that? How can people so donate? Could, yeah, so you could donate. You could actually buy um, things on our website, goodwoodhockey.com, and then it's under Hockey for Good. Um, that's the tab that you could go under and check it out. There's some cool things under there right now. But, yeah, you could always just reach out to me through Instagram or social media if you heard this. And then for, like, companies that we even talk to, like, they're old stock. A lot of times, like, they're not selling it or it goes for a lot cheaper. Like, if you're looking for a tax write-off, things like that, like, we could be that that uh, team that helps you and – and hook you up and then you know what it's going for. It's going for a good cause. Obviously a lot of content's going to come out of this and uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely a cool opportunity. I know like uh, Eton was telling me about that. They're trying to do that with the Palma Cyclones and give free camps and things like that. And like I said, where the game is going and the people that are involved in it right now could really blow this thing up uh, together. Yeah, it's pretty awesome that you're doing that. You know, we don't have, you know, you, Eton, but we don't we don't have enough of these, I guess, pioneers in the sport that are trying to grow them at a grassroots level and getting these gear and starting them. Um, you know, Kevin, he works for a skate city where he's doing that too, and that's awesome. And, you know, we have these names, but it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see that people that are playing in the pro division, like you three, are also now doing that as well too. So Exactly, um, and I think it goes back to, like, a guy like CJ Yoder, right? Like, how good did he – do things and run things. And like, I personally don't know him well, but it was someone I always watched and then played against and knew it was an honor to play against them because he has that legacy um, more around you guys. But uh, yeah, even guys like Greg Thompson used to give me lessons, you know, for free would just come to the rink and then he'd be running me through drills and I'd look at him and be like, wait, is this a lesson? Like, are you giving me a lesson? And it, and it would be right because they just cared and they knew and they see the future of uh, people prior to maybe us knowing it at that age. But yeah, like things like, you're doing over there, Dwight, and, and uh, things that I'm hopefully trying to do with all my friends and uh, connections can, can really help the sport. 
you're doing, I mean, you, you're doing so much leg work. I, I was fortunate enough to roll into the rink that I used to play at where this is something that's been going on for, you know, an amount of time. So there's kind of a process and a system. You and Kelly and Colby, Laying you the guys bricks. are doing this on the fly. You guys are doing this as you go and you're getting better and better at it. And so that's super impressive. And just like you said, too, to touch on it with like Yoder coming here, there's so many things that guy told me that I still remember that like, you know, to the kids I coach nowadays, like you preach it to him, like just the way he would carry himself. He was a professional all the time. And like, you just knew watching him like on the rink a little bit before practice when we're 10, 11, 12 years old, you're just like, damn, like he's sick. <laughs> and it's like, I want to see him play legit, you know? And so to actually to grow up in this state after he coached us and to play against them, play with them here and there, we went to Hawaii one year that, and just probably similar with Thompson, you know, just like hats off to those guys. Cause we probably wouldn't be doing and not, I wouldn't say feel obligated, but feel good about what we're doing. If we didn't have those guys to kind of reinstill those values into us at, at that age. Definitely. Absolutely. And you guys, and you mentioned it quick, like huge shout out to the MD media. Colby, Colby Collier is my really good buddy. We've got the super title the past couple of years, but like a guy that needs to get recognition in this game and should be going to every tournament, should be following around, should be getting paid to do what he's doing because this guy put out some absolute fire product from the world championships that no one else, Dwyer, as you know, yep. is there doing it. No you brought one was Barcelona to life for a lot of people, man. Absolutely. A lot, of, a, a lot of memories that, like, at that moment, for me and you, Dwyer, like, I didn't have my phone on the ice when we were celebrating. Like, I didn't have, you know, I didn't talk to my parents until the next day. Like, yeah. things that weren't, you know, captured. And guess what? He had two cameras. I think Kelly even had a camera yeah. the whole time. And now we have something to look back on. And, like, some of those highlights, like, or things that were said near the bench pregame are unbelievable. I could watch the pass from Jumbo to oh. you and you go bar oh. all day. I could watch that all day. Yeah, you know? that pass was something else. That guy Beauty is clip. an unbelievable passer. And I think the coolest, the coolest thing about that is you get to see the emotion from you guys on the bench. You know, it's not like when you, you guys are scoring, you guys are, you know, it, it's the boys. You guys, you know, loving it, loving it. And – if he wasn't there, you don't get that, you know, you don't get to see that. And it's, uh, you know, it gives me goosebumps, like even thinking about it because just the, the joy and emotion seeing you guys, you know, representing team USA and winning and, you know, knowing you guys, it's like, that is the coolest thing. And without him, you know, they're catching those moments. You don't have that. So exactly, exactly. And Dude, big shout out to Kelly because she made that happen. The angle he got on PJ's goal in the championship, like yeah. <laughs> stupid. Yeah, stupid. That's so and like, like and I've never my, seen these highlights anywhere else. I've never was, seen and, those highlights man, anywhere else. And when I see that one too, like both those ones, like he was standing like where I was standing when he filmed both those clips. And so like, even for me, it even it brings it back even to another level because it's like that's virtually how I saw that, like <laughs> from where he was at. So no, Colby's Colby's been doing his thing and he's been doing it at a very high capacity and been very efficient getting good content out there so shout out to him for sure absolutely yeah, and i think that just gives you a chance to anyone out there that has the opportunity to do it and grow with us um we're all the ones trying to grow this like you guys i'm giving you guys a shout out right to you guys it's like you guys are doing an incredible job for our sport like this is what we needed 
you know, maybe a couple years back. And like when you jumped into this, Rob, and got this going, obviously Dwyer helps. And you guys are all together now. You guys are a pack. But like this is huge for our game. A hundred percent the way you guys are narrating games. You guys are going to the college nationals, like doing things that those companies aren't even doing as well. You're doing it for them, for nothing, because you love the game. And if you guys don't think we're all sitting here just chatting because we don't like the game, it's because we love the game so much and we all want to chat about it. We all want to grow. We want to, you know, create that experience. So when you get into it, you feel the same way forever, the way we feel about it. And that passion will last, you know, a lifetime. Absolutely. I mean, roller hockey is a different, it, the community is different. It's nothing like no other, you know, everyone's a, a tight knit group and they want the same thing. They want to grow the game. They want it out there because they believe it. So it's great. It's awesome. You go to one of these tournaments and you know, you have a great time because you're there with your boys. So, you know, we appreciate that. Thanks Chavo for the shout out. Um, you know, we do it because we love the game. Definitely. Definitely. You guys are doing a fantastic job and I'm always watching these posts. You did a trivia trivia the other day and i think i messaged you like i think i went six straight and like i was pumped about it yeah. because there's a lot of trivia that's uh good memories to me when i was a kid till you know me being in the pros now and you guys had some awesome questions and some awesome stat lines that i i hadn't remembered in a long time it's pretty thank yeah it's uh it's pretty fun because you get you know especially right now you not a lot to do, you know, and I'm just looking up this history and I'm like, I'm going to throw these out. And, uh, it's fun. It's a good interaction. You know, people are, you know, messaging me like, Hey, you should do this one. You should do that. And it's a good time. And then it's cool to see like who got them wrong. And I'm like, damn, this guy went, <laughs> this guy went offers, you know, but it's all That's fun. Awesome. That's fantastic guys. Yeah. You're doing a fantastic job for sure. Well, let's kind well, of, like, you guys want to move into kind of modern day. Some, Want to lead it off, uh, George? Uh, yeah, so modern day, now you're playing with black eyes, you're doing all that other stuff. Um, so what's the plan? Like, how are you, like, are you bummed about how this summer might not turn out or what's going on with that? I think it's still, like, it just really sat in. Like, today, before I got on with you, I had a call with my Huntsville Havoc team, just, like, a couple players uh, chatting about, like, what their plans are. Like, because now the season's completely done for us. For me, like this would be roller season. Like you'd be getting excited for the next tournament, the next opportunity that you could play. And instead, like all of us are just trying to stay safe and stay quarantined, like not let this thing spread. I know I'm not in New York, but in New York, it's super scary. Now it's on a rise uh, faster than ever. Um, and we all really don't know what the future holds for all of us. As scary as that sounds and how blunt that might sound, like, no one really knows. I mean, it, it, thank God China's getting better and you, you watch the feeds from where it was happening first and they're on the low and things are going back to normal. But even the fact that they're saying the NHL season might come back, like you got to doubt it a little if it goes June, July, you know, next season, is that going to start on time? What happens with the tournaments? Is Darren and Timmy and Ron all talking about this? Like, are they going to push them all back together? Like world, the world, uh, games, juniors and women's for both canceled. Yeah. Then the masters, uh, division for the world's canceled. So you're sitting there like, all right, well they pushed ours back. How much more can they push it back past September? And are they just doing that to satisfy people right now? Cause you don't know, like no one truly knows the outcome. So like for the, the season got shut down. It's because 
if we played in the st- with no fans in the stands, no revenue, hard to pay mm-hmm. us already. A lot of teams, you know, live off of the fans and live off of those home games. And even the ECHL, you see the same thing. There's no way they could continue to, to go on. Same with next year. I believe it's going to affect a lot of those organizations teams. So. For us, we obviously want to play. If there was a tournament tomorrow, we'd all want to go. Is it safe? Is that the right thing to do for our country? Is it the right thing to do for North America? Everything like that is always going to be a question. And in my opinion, like, I think we should be practicing, you know, social distancing, things like that, just because that's what the government's telling us to do. And if we want this to slow down and um, we had a story the other day of uh, not a family friend, but a family friend of someone else that I'm pretty close with, like, someone that's 35 years old passed away and their family from this, you know, virus already 35 years old from a virus is mean it's really affecting the bigger picture here. So it's very scary times. And and I don't know if, you know, any of the tournaments are going to go on as they're planned. I'm sure that's what they're planning and they're praying for and hoping. Um, But I just think we need to talk about what those doctors and nurses and everyone in those hospitals are doing right now for everyone. I mean, the lines to get tested and the hours they're putting in, I don't know if you saw, but I've been trying to follow a bunch of the nurses that have Instagrams or Facebooks and doctors. And they have like rings of black eyes. Like they were in fights because they have to wear the goggles for hours on end, um, taking care of, you know, our country's people and doing the best they can to, make people get through this. So as sad as that is, and you got to give them props and they're not even sleeping with their loved ones because they don't want to bring home the virus or get them sick. So some crazy, crazy times in our world. And you got to just be uh, blessed for the people that are taking care of all of us and trying to protect us. Very, very well said, man. Very, very well said. I was talking, I was telling these guys before you hopped on here. I mean, at this rate, we're we're nearing the end of March, and we're you know this is prime regional season, and just like you said, with how much uncertainty there is, I know it's a damage to those guys and kind of those guys' livelihood. But why not call this year a wash at the rate it's going, and and just have a fresh, clean start to where you don't have to worry about anything like this ideally next year. So, man, it's. It, it's going to be interesting kind of coming down the wire what what people are going to decide end up doing and, and if this does kind of clear up a little bit. Yeah, I think you don't want to make the wrong decision by still hosting something. And then maybe those cities are, you know, iffy about you having that big of a gathering. Because I know like some cities are saying you can't gather more than five people or whatever. There's other cities that are a lot different, right? New York's on a full lockdown basically compared to other states that are different. So like, I know there's people getting the urge. Yeah. Florida's partying, but yeah, you're getting the urge to still like say that's going to happen. But I think everyone, like any camp I've had, I mean, my ice hockey season, the playoffs were coming up in eight games, like anything that happened that changed already. So you might as well just ride this out and see where we're at at the end of it and make sure we make the right decision then and Cut not something and say, I mean, exactly cut your losses at this rate well i want to throw it over to something a little a little bit more pleasant what uh you've been back with black ice for a couple years now what's uh what's your most memorable game playing with uh with the boys and with miro behind the bench 
That's a, that's a, I love a coach, man. Miro's, he's awesome. I love watching him coach. If anyone hasn't listened to that podcast, please go back and listen to when he was on with you guys with a couple of the boys, because he is literally a novel of every single game that we've ever played. Like he'll remember it to the T, what jersey we were wearing, uh, what rink we were at, what hotel he stayed in. Like the guy's an absolute. I don't know how he. I don't know how he does it. I wish I had that type of. He's like a walking roller hockey encyclopedia. Yeah, that, that's how you could say it perfectly. But my favorite memory, I would say it's a bunch, but winning that Palma Pro um, was incredible. Like the memories that I have from that whole tournament, um, the guys that we had um, battling through adversity and like getting so close. Other years where it wasn't um, like Black Ice, where it was like Team New York and things like that, and then. Now we're black guys. We're competing at the top of, you know, maybe that year the best tournament with the best competition. Um, I would say that was my best memory. That was 2016 in Indiana, correct? Yep. And yep. Okay. Fort Wayne. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Yep. That one was uh, that was a fun one for sure. And who did you guys play that game? What was it? The snipers or was it alkali? <sighs> I know we played both. I, I don't know if it was one in the – Jason would be upset with me. If it was in the final versus the snipers or if it was in the semis that we versed the snipers. But we definitely versed both in, the, in that round of the playoffs. Was that okay. the game when uh, Alkali went up like 3-0 to zero or 3-1 and you guys came back? Was that the same tournament? Or am I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was that guys, tournament, yeah. Yeah, I think that was the championship then. I think you played Alkali. Yeah, I believe so too. I believe so too. Was that at, was an intense, intense that tournament. Summer. Did, you went to Kalamazoo, right? You went to Tours? Yes, I did. Yep. That got, was a fun one also. I got hurt also. there. That last, if you remember, we played you in D1. I was on the excitement. And uh, that last game, like, my hip was shot. Like, I couldn't I couldn't do anything. And then I had to work the rest of Tours <laughs> to work the rest of the tournament and drive my sorry ass home. But, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was on the bleachers that year. I was watching games in Florida and watching games in Indiana just – Man, when, when you can't go and you can still watch, it's cool. But, like, when you're watching and you can't go, you're just like, God damn, man. I would do anything oh, to be there right now. A hundred percent. I mean, over the years I've missed a couple of them because of uh, an ice camp or things like that. And it's literally, like, the worst fear of missing it's painstaking, out. Dude. It's painstaking, <laughs> dude. It's so painstaking. <laughs> That's almost like a good regional that happens like during the ice season and I know I'm going to be away and I'm like, oh man, rosters are out. I'm like, can't go, missed it. Like that stinks. But that's why when you guys are there and you're streaming it, I'm on the stream. That's for sure. Perfect. And so I know Absolutely. black guys, you guys, you guys have this tight knit group. Who's uh, who's the guy in the locker room to kind of keep the mood light? You know, you know, you guys are all tense and stuff. Who's making jokes or if any of you guys are. I think most I think I'm the serious guy on the team. Everyone else is the one making jokes and it starts with Jason, that's for sure. And then uh it literally goes down to everyone. I think like I would say the more intense, like really intense, like everyone sharpens up near game time, but there's literally a lot of jokesters on that team. Like a lot of pranksters, a lot of guys that don't have uh perfect routines because they, you know, they're just joking around and get dressed like two seconds prior to the game. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like I take my stick. I've been dressed for 10 minutes and you guys aren't even dressing yet. Like what's going on? So <laughs> Un- definitely Uncle a lot of K's funny guys. Uncle K's got to be one of those jokesters. Oh, Uncle K is definitely one of those jokesters. I like, I like uh, a lot of those guys that are joking around because like I'm usually not tense. I just like being locked in. 
Um, so when they're joking around, I could sit there and like kind of laugh pregame and just like, like these guys are such clowns. But get, I think that's what brings everyone a, together. Get to take a breath and kind of like, you know, say to yourself, like, hey, like, you know, get locked in, but still like be a little loose, have a little fun. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I would say most of the team is, is jokesters. Can't really pinpoint it on someone, but it definitely starts from the top with Jay and Kay. And <laughs> even Billy's a, a, a good, funny one for throwing a bunch of good jokes every once in a while. Your boy Crafty, your liney, dude. Talk about that guy. The best. That's that's the only way to put it. <laughs> the absolute best. We've been through so many battles with each other. Like, it's hard to think of the tournament that I didn't play with him. Like, when we were on the same team, there wasn't many shifts in games, unless it's like the penalty kill, because everyone knows I don't really do that much. Um, <laughs> like, that we're not together. Like, he's always out there with me. Um, amazing player just I would say honestly the top of this game like he can do it all um, and us together I feel like is really dangerous and we just know each other like there's not much that has to be said kind of just have a look at each other and we go out and do it where you you always laugh like you don't know how much communication is happening but between me and him like there's really not anything said before the games on the bench like we just know what we're going to do and and it happens. And it's funny, I posted uh, that picture, you know, thanks hockey hashtag and thrown it back. And he was playing against me. I don't know how he was on the excitement, but that was a tournament at skate safe. And he was in the background with a cage on. And I was like, dude, is that you? And he was like, yeah, that's me. I was like, man, that's so funny. Like now years go by and we've only been playing against the, against each other when we were young. And I guess I didn't remember he played that tournament with excitement and, uh, been line mates ever since so when i found that picture i was like holy smokes that's crafty i had no idea i played against him at that tournament awesome. that's Good pretty people, un- man i love that kid pretty unreal seeing him in an excitement jersey yeah it looked strange right it didn't it didn't look right <laughs> so man we, we love you though. we love you though georgie georgie big shout out to you when i played with the renoofs patty shul evan dressel and maybe two other guys brendan mclean was our goalie and we actually – that was, like, the first biggest national I think I won when I was, like, maybe 15. 14 or 13. It was that – it was that, that, same, it was that West Palm too. for the older division, but, like, our 94 age group, I think it was okay. 94 is 95 that year. Um, that was our team. We had literally, like, five or six guys. That was it. There was no one else on our team. And we ended up going and winning. And uh, a little throwback memory there with Georgie. So, you know, we've had you on for about almost an hour, I'd say. What uh, What's one of your favorite, you know, f- funny stories or me- memory in just roller hockey? <sighs> I would say both worlds go down forever, like, as the biggest honor representing your country, um, as the best experiences I've ever had, um, bonds that we had as teams, um, to go through the whole – process with IHF um, was really awesome and I'm glad I got to experience making the team going and then end up winning um, because with the tryout and that was some of the best hockey I've ever seen in my life on one sheet of ice trying out for your country Um, and even memories prior to when I got cut from Team USA when I was younger and that camp in Colorado was by far the best camp I have ever been in and seen the guys battling and playing and then they went on to win that year too. Um, so those memories go down forever as, you know, an honor as the 
some of the best hockey memories I think um, you could dream of. Like that's literally what you dream of as a kid, like playing for your country, winning it all, celebrating with your friends. Um, and as you know, uh, Dwyer, we took it to the waters in Barcelona after we won with our medals. Yeah. And I think my medal got a little uh, crusty from the, the salt water, but uh, things like that are just truly incredible. And like I said, thank gosh for Colby because we would have missed out on a lot of things that uh, I remember looking back on that day on the floor. Like we ended up going to the locker room, like taking off our skates and going back on to get our medals with like our pants on. And like my knee pads were still on, but I didn't have skates on. And I'm like, what were we doing? And we were in like team polos. I was like, what, what happened here? Like, how did, how did this all change? It's not like Narch where you got the trophy or state wars where you got the trophy and everything happens right after the game. We kind of had like a little while alone. Giant ceremony. Um, yeah. So that was, that was different. And yeah, all those things are pretty cool memories. And, but yeah, those are at the top for sure. Winning in USA. That's pretty awesome, man. Just getting to hear your guys' stories about Team USA and, you know, seeing Colby's coverage of it, it's a it's pretty surreal. It was pretty awesome. Colby uh, didn't get Cody Kettler walking around with a fan attached to his phone, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that, yeah. that was good. That was good. What a beauty he is. Well, boys, you got any more questions you guys want to ask him? Shabs, where's your favorite spot to score goals? You don't, have, I guess you don't have to disclose it if you feel like it's going to give too many secrets away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty no, a big secret, Kev. But. <laughs> well, he's I think, got me. I, think, I just remember him getting me low blocker quite a few times, so I know he likes ripping that spot. Yeah, I would say uh, KJ Tippenworth told me to keep shooting there because he thinks I like that spot. But I usually like the short side, blocker side, short side, glove side. If I play either wing, obviously I'm just roaming the ice usually, but – yeah, I would say I would say those are my those are my three. But I mean, I definitely like to shoot the puck, and when I get it from a guy like Crafty, I usually just pick my head up. I have a second and can find the hole. But uh, yeah, I love that uh, little short side or high glove, high blocker. You are no stranger to putting the puck in the net, man. So just had to just had to you know keep my wits about me. Yeah, we had a couple of good practices with USA. We were getting into some battles. Oh yeah, so. dude. Love that. Those, obviously, like said, obviously like even it's even practice. fun in practice. Yeah. Even just practices with those 12 guys and two tendies, man, like bar none, just unreal. Oh, the absolute best. The absolute best. Talking about practicing, you got one quick finish. You, you can answer this really quickly. How did you like get into trick shotting and doing all of that? I know you're a rink rat and you've been on the rink all the time, but how did you start making videos and how did you start, you know, grow that whole thing? This is cool. I'm actually glad you brought that up. I kind of, uh, never really talk about it. Um, I just had the passion to be creative um, and just doing things with a stick and a puck or stick and a ball. Like I just always wanted to be playing. And like I said, from the start, like when I was a goalie, I always was just stick handling around. So I think naturally I got better at it and I was able to pick up the puck young and do things like that. And I always make jokes with uh, Ethan because like I used to watch his and John John's video, like they were going out of style. Like I could sing the Chili Peppers song word for word with what dangles no. they were doing in it on their YouTube video. Like, cause that, that was like their thing. Um, so I ended up just starting doing that when I was young and I felt like I was good at it. So I was, Oh, I'm going to keep doing this, be creative. Um, if I fail, I fail, I'll just create something new or change it up my way. And then one of my really good buddies, Joey Pasilko, um, had a 
basement with tile and like a net and I was always there. Um, so we were always doing the videos and messing around and I was like, wait a minute, like let's post this video. Like we're not like, he had like this little flip camera that like wasn't on the phone. It was like literally a camera to plug into the hard drive (laughs) and we ended up making some videos and like, those are still my YouTube channel. I laugh like watching them because I was like, man, there's some of these tricks I haven't done since I was that old and I had really not seen them ever. Um, so yeah, Joey Pasilko's basement where it all really started. And from Ethan to a guy named Robbie shrimp that played, um, for the Islanders in NHL and in the AHL, he did some wild stuff, uh, in the shootout. And those are the people that really inspired me with that Avenue. But then I think I just got creative and, took it on my own hands to just really love it. And like, as long as I had that stick in my hand to be creative and, and do wild things that I wanted to make up. I remember watching Robbie shrimp, dude, he had some unreal goals. I mean, a lot of the lacrosse style goals too. It was, he was nasty with the puck. Unreal. And there was a video that I just found of him recently. He actually uh, was talking to me on Instagram a couple of times. And I told him like, yeah, man, I used to like look up to you and do all those moves. Like it's crazy that you pulled so many off in games. Like he would pull it off all the time, but he actually comes down in a Europe league that he plays. Maybe you guys could find the clip. He comes down the wing and he picks it up on his blade, like at the top of the circle and like throws it on that, like a lacrosse <laughs> shot. And I was like, wow, like that has a huge percentage of just bouncing off the ground and going in. Yeah. And like, he said like he, he had tried it multiple times, but that time where he tried it in that league, he was like, I hundred percent knew I could have scored. Like there was a high percentage chance I could score. And I was like, I love that. Like that's, that's going to happen one day where someone just picks it up and absolutely fires it, you know, like under the shoulder, under the crossbar. So it's legal. Yeah. and just whips it and like bounces it off the tile and the puck just sprays somewhere and goes in. So definitely time. those two guys. Yeah, because, like, there's a time when, like, it, everything looks super cool when you're doing it, and there's a time where, like, okay, I can actually do this, and it's, like, a, actually a good scoring chance type thing. Yeah, definitely. It's almost like the Michigan being so big in the ice season this year. We're, like, we've been seeing guys do that for yeah. years and years and variations in the skills competition and all these things. And I left because, like, guys in the NHL could have pulled it off. Are they scared to? Are they worried about the reaction? Things like that. Well, when Sveshnikov, however you say it, I apologize for saying his name wrong, pulled the first one off, I literally said when he did that, I was like, he's pulling this off again soon because he knows he scored a goal in the National Hockey League, and that's a threat. Like, when you have a weapon that not many other guys are using, you're going to use it. And when he pulled it off that first time, I literally remember saying that to a bunch of my ice hockey buddies. I was like, he's pulling this off again so soon, I guarantee it. And then, bang, he did (laughs) Absolutely. That was pretty sick to see. It was. It definitely was. Well, Rob, you're going to have to put, like, the video of Shabs posterizing, like, me and Lane and Marky Hager up from Toronto a couple of years ago when we uh, dropped this. I think I posted it twice, and I got a message from you, and I think maybe Lane or someone, they're like, twice? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Good video. Darren loves posting it, too, so it's gold, man. It's just like, yeah, probably not going to stop that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, John, just I just want to say for fun. thank you for, uh, you know, taking about an hour out of your day to sit down, chat with the boys, some, you know, some good roller and some ice hockey. Uh, shout out to Goodwood Hockey. Shout out to Colby. And, uh, you know, shout out to John Shabo. Thank you again for taking your time and uh, hanging out with us. Yeah, I'm sure everybody who listens to the pod already follows you, but go follow Goodwood. Go follow 
John Chavo training and John Chavo. And the Thank MD Media. And MD Media. Thank yep. you guys. Hey, let's keep blowing this up together. This is a fantastic thing for our sport and love what you guys are doing. But thank you very much for having me on. Hope everyone enjoys this and uh, love to do it again. Absolutely. Staying safe out there. We appreciate your time, Shabs. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. Have a good one, boys. Appreciate it, guys. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, welcome to the first ever RDN Roller Trivia on the pod. So what we're going to do here is we have two guests joining us. We got our boys, Jonathan Joy and CJ Bateman. Is he still here? I'm here, boys. Okay. (laughs) What we're going to do, every pod, whoever wins, winner stays. Best out of three questions. And then we pick a new player to play you guys the next pod. So, how you guys, before we get this going, how you guys doing? Good. I'm doing good. Just staying uh, in there. PS4, then gaming. What game you been playing, buddy? Uh, well, I was getting worked by you and Chell. That's- <laughs> <laughs> like, why don't you tell them what you played this morning? Yeah, we're not going to get into that one. That one is also an ass kicking. Uh, but I'm, I'm scraping Madden right now, so... All right, well, let's, here's the rules of the game, okay? <laughs> Kevin and Jordan are going to ask you guys the questions, okay? If it's a tie, at the end of those two, I have the tiebreaker question, okay? All right. Winner stays for the next podcast. All right. All right. Whoever wants to ask the question first, here we go. Welcome Good to the Hardy and Roller Trivia. <laughs> All right, Kev's going to go first. Um Kind of had to come up with this for the moment, but I figured it'd be a good one to ask. Um, what were the last years that Lindenwood University won the NCRHA? A, 2013-2014. E, 2014-2015. C, 2011-2012. Or D, 2012-2013. I'm going to go with 14-15. Yeah, 14-15. Same answer? Final answer? Yeah. Should I go for a different answer? No, I mean. Because that's what I thought. Nope, I was just saying final answer. Yep, final answer. Kev, you're like – Kev, you're like Regis Philbin. A little bit. You gotta be. Who wants to be a millionaire? Kevin, what's the answer? Be on the pod, dude. All right. <laughs> Just to be on the pod. Joy, is that your final answer? I'm going to go 13 14. He just looked this shit up. He just looked it Joy. You've seen me right here the whole time. Joy got the answer correctly because he changed the answer. Good job, Joy. <laughs> CJ just got worked. <laughs> I keep losing. <laughs> Question number two. In the 1995-96 RHI season, Joe Cook played in 24 games played. How many points did he have? A, 51. B, 26. C, 42. Or D, 38. I'm going to go 38. I'm going to go with 42. Final answers. Voted by him, dude. Final answers. Final. The answer is A. You're right, Joy. 38. <laughs> Joy is looking at all this shit up. 
I'm right here. Joyce G, dude. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> You're just taking another L today, man. So I just lost, didn't I? Yeah, so Joy moves on to the next round on the next pod. Are we going to save the third question? I'm just curious. I'll give you guys the, the last question, just for shits and gigs. Give CJ right. a chance at dignity here. So this is just for fun. Shut up, Joy. Joy's moved on to the next podcast. Who? When did Mission Black Ice win their first Narch Pro title? A, 2010. B, 2016. C, 2014. And D, 2016. 2014. Final answer. Final answer? CJ. 2016. <laughs> and for the mercy. Oh, <laughs> Wait, that's that wasn't my final answer. That wasn't my final answer. CJ, you were your final answer. <laughs> Dude, I was there too. Sure <laughs> <laughs> were. We fucking had our own team in that. <laughs> that was 2014. That was 14. Was that Team LTD? Yeah. Damn. Boys. All right. Well, so Jonathan Joy, he moves on to the uh, he moves on to the next next pod. We'll figure I out who. I see your roller dad shirt on. It didn't help you out today, though. Yeah, by bad. Not. It's on me. My roller oh. college is not up to par. <laughs> you know, since this is the last topic, you guys want to stay on and in the pod with us real quick? Yeah, well, let's do it. All right, so this is our last topic. You know, since there's all uh, – there's, what, five of us? Everyone at home on during quarantine, pick a show, movie, or what? What can uh, what can people watch to keep them entertained, or what have you watched? <laughs> Dude, uh, you know I'm going with uh, no, CJ, Tiger No, don't go game. yet, buddy. Oh. <laughs> it just drops the gun. Um, there's a, been a couple of shows that I've seen out there that have been like, you need to watch this show, and I'm sure somebody will say it, so I'll leave that for someone else. But have you guys seen The Last OG with Tracy Morgan? I haven't. What's it on? No, it's on TBS, but it's on Netflix, too. Um, it's just a funny show. He, like, goes to jail and comes out, and everything's all different in Brooklyn and stuff. And it's just a really funny show. But Tiffany Haddish, so you guys okay. can catch that. Tracy Morgan's right. absolutely hilarious. He's the funniest guy. So I don't know about the yeah. funniest, but he's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> Kev, what you got next for the... Are we are we doing three or are we just doing one? What do you want to do? We can do you can do three. I don't care. Sorry. What if you guys want to do? No, that's fine. I'll I'll just rip it. Um, I'm sure a lot of people do know uh, about Westworld on HBO. That is actually season three is going on now, but seasons one and two are on HBO. Uh, yeah, premium TV. I know you pay for it, but it's good stuff. Um. So that's one. Another show, I'm going to get a little R.A. here. R.A. was preaching that movie Parasite that's got subtitles. There's a show I stumbled upon this summer uh, called Blinded by the Lights, and it's on HBO, and it's about a, uh, a Polish cocaine dealer. It's, it's nuts. Oh, it's Beyond the Lights? Blinded by the Lights. Blinded. What's it on? HBO. So, again, yeah, premium TV, and, you know, for people who can't hack it, they got to read some subtitles because it's all in Polish. But it is a really good show. 
I don't fuck around with bad TV, and I haven't even used the F word at all in this podcast. So, <laughs> he loves his good TV. It's a good, it's a good show. If you can handle reading a little bit at night while you're doing it, I recommend it. And then uh, you relief, always sunny in Philadelphia and Seinfeld. Yeah. Got you, got you. So I think mine is a uh, I'm gonna go with a TV show and a stand-up, you know. Many people have probably already seen this on Netflix, but the new Burt Kreischer stand-up yeah. is absolutely <laughs> unreal. That was awesome. I was, Who is that? Burt Kreischer on uh, Netflix, the new stand-up comedy. I was crying on the floor. It's absolutely unreal. Um, so if you haven't checked that out, highly recommend that. And a TV show, since CJ is going to go with it, I'm going to go with a different one. No, you can go with that one. I'll, I'll, I got a different one. Everyone's seen it. It's fucking legendary. The Tiger King. It's I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. The craziest yeah. climax thing I've ever seen in my life. You just think you've seen the most wildest shit? Fuck no. Just wait for the next episode. It's going to happen. It's unreal. Yeah. So check it out, Netflix. I'm sure you guys have already heard about it or seen it, but that is absolutely insane. Yeah. What do you got? CJ Joy. I'll uh I'll go here. I was gonna say uh, one of my two is gonna be Tiger King, obviously. And for one, I feel like I just had to start watching it just so I could catch on with all the memes and stuff. But uh, that that show is insane. It's an absolute emotional roller coaster. <laughs> uh, like, you like end up loving and hating eight different people. At, you know, it's, it's, it's unreal. Uh, another good one I just wrapped up was called all American. Uh, Damn it. Joy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. All right. Let's let's talk about all American together then. Cause that's where I was going. You have to pick a new one, buddy. I'll I'll just end. I'll end that Tiger King. All right, well, I don't. You guys took all mine. So I had to go dead. last. Um, you know, it's good TV. CJ, do you know Owen? Dude, I play PS4 now. Like, I don't, I don't hey. watch TV anymore. Three. <laughs> Owen 3. All yeah, right. CJ, after this pot, I'll have to rip you and shout too. No, I get to play. No, I play Joy. Dude, you guys just want to play me so you can dust me? <laughs> Easy dubs. <laughs> yeah, they won't. It's, I'm gonna get better. They won't be easy for long, dude. Seven to zero and seven to one. It's not like that all right, easy wait, for a wait, long wait time. Tell the world what, how bad you scrape me. <laughs> what was our score? <laughs> Ten to two or three, Joy. <laughs> you need to play dynasty mode before you hop on with the big boys, or what? That's what I said earlier. It's like a it's like a new boxer stepping in the ring with Mike Tyson. <laughs> I like to think of myself as Conor McGregor. Thank you. Yeah, well, I wouldn't fight him either. So, yeah, exactly. Tell us about All American. Yeah, Siege. What the fuck are you doing? So, All American is a show about this high school football receiver who's a stud, and uh, he goes to Crenshaw. He lives in Crenshaw, and uh, this coach from like a Beverly Hills Central school. LA, right? What? South Central LA, right? I think so. I don't know, dude. Didn't yeah. didn't give me the yeah. layout of the land, you know. <laughs> but uh, I, it's just it's very dramatic. It, it kind of gets bad towards season two. 
I don't know. It's so you shouldn't watch it at home. You should watch it at home. <laughs> you watch the first season, and then I mean, you decide if you want to watch season two. Well, you basically just I enjoyed it for a little the while. First season. <laughs> I enjoyed it for a little while. Dude, he's sick at football, but then it just starts to like not show him play football, and it's just yeah, all about like, drama. So it, was, uh, it almost towards the end was like I'm watching a soap opera. You virtually just like all the football that's played in that show. I like football. Why don't you just watch football highlights? <laughs> Big sports <laughs> guy. Go play Madden. Quarterback for the Wildcats when he was like nine or ten years old. So he is a big deal. Yeah, CJ was a quarterback for the Wildcats. I was a star, dude. <laughs> AJ. I was <a> star. <laughs> Didn't they make up a position for you on defense? No. Uh, it's like wing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was basically cornerback. Is what they just called it wing. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, boys. Whatever, dude. I played both sides of the ball. I'm just gonna omit that and not even. Yeah. All right. Well, hey guys, thank you guys for joining the pod. I think this was awesome. Thank you guys for the uh, joining the roller trivia. CJ got mercyed. CJ brushed up on the fucking knowledge, dude. Yeah, let's go, buddy. <laughs> There's another F bomb from Dweez. That's two. <laughs> two. Still lost. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll be I'll be better next time I get the invite. That might be. Not, next I might have to, time. I don't know, I don't know if that's your choice. Line. It's not my choice. <laughs> that's your choice. So we'll have a uh, joy. I'm on just hoping one day I get the call back. <laughs> You know, maybe if you're lucky, like we said, you might get the call back. I don't know. Joy's pretty steadfast. I think he went three and zero. So I will be Joy's honest with you guys. I was probably fifty percent on all the uh, Instagram story trivia. So <laughs> I think I was too. Maybe I got lucky. I think I was too. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> well, boys, hey, thank you guys again for joining. Joy moves on to the next episode. CJ's cut. He's at the end of the bench. He's off the roster. On to the lower team. So. We'll see you guys on the next pod. <laughs> we'll see Shut you guys on the next pod. See you guys. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Love you, boys. Love the boys.